every single marketer and every single brand should be attempting to earn a disproportionate share of conversation. If you work for an organization where they say, bring us a chart that goes up and to the right, you have a challenge. Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. The trouble is, I don't know which half. I am here to inspire you, to excite you, to motivate you, to transform you, to energize you. Hello, and welcome to Demand Gen Visionaries. This episode features an interview with Alon Alroy, co-founder, CMO, and CCO of Bizabo, a hybrid events platform that has raised $195 million and has acquired several companies to date. Alon is a distinguished marketing executive, shaping the future of the MarTech industry. On this episode, Alon provides a crystal ball into the future of events, why he believes experiences play a vital role in this future, and why everything as a marketer leads back to delighting your customers. But before we begin, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Qualified.com. If you are a B2B marketer who has always dreamed of knowing when a qualified prospect is on your site and being able to talk to them instantly, now you can. Learn more at Qualified.com. So please enjoy this interview between Alon Alroy, co-founder, CMO, and CCO of Bizabo, and your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Demand Gen Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios, and today we are joined by a special guest. Alon, how are you? All great. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, great to have you on the show. Excited to chat with you today. We are just thrilled with all of the success of Bizabo, an awesome company. Excited to learn about that, your background, and everything in between. So let's get into it. What was your first job in marketing or demand? I guess my first job was when we started Bizabo because as a founder, you work in marketing from day one. So in my world, being a CMO and a co-founder, the minute we decided to go after the big vision we're after, that was when marketing and storytelling have started. So I do believe that every, every founder, first and foremost, must be a good storyteller. So marketing was in our DNA from day one. And so flash forward to today, tell us a little bit about what it means to be CMO of Bizbo. Bizabo today is operating in one of the most exciting markets out there as an event experience OS, an event experience operating system. We promote to marketers, first of all, which is always fun. So to be a CMO of a very fast growing organization in a very fast growing market, it means the job is very dynamic. It means we need to constantly lead by demonstrating value, by demonstrating our own products, meaning by running events. And we're also working a lot on scaling up and building a team. We've added 200 Bizaboers just in the past year, grew from 120 people to 400 in less than 18 months. So definitely exciting times and no dull moment. Yeah, never a dull moment indeed. And so, yeah, so you all you all recently raised a bunch of money. I believe your Series A for $138 million. The event space has never been hotter, never been more important after the past couple of years of events changing so much. Everything is kind of in flux. We talk about events, I feel like, every episode here on Demand Visionaries. 
So tell us a little bit about just like the the latest happenings at Bizabo because it seems like it's a really exciting time. So Bizabo have been around for for some time. We founded the company ten years ago with a big belief that magical things happen when you bring people together. Over the past ten years, when we brought people together, it was actually physically bringing them together in the form of a professional event, a conference, and so on. In the past year and a half since the pandemic got into our world, we had to quickly pivot to support virtual and hybrid events. That was a very big deal for us. You can imagine that in March 2020, we were on the verge of uh, not seeing any light at the end of the tunnel. Within a few days, the majority of our customers reached out wanting to cancel, to get refunds. We did not see any opportunity to actually generate revenue moving forward because running events was not even an option. We were very decisive in leading versus following. And therefore, within two and a half weeks, we were able to really evolve our platform to support virtual events. And on March 22nd, we issued our press release that we are now supporting virtual events. And that was before virtual events were actually a thing. After we also took the necessary steps to really protect our run rate and cash and had to part ways with several, a good amount of, uh, of business bowers, and that was probably the most challenging month of our lives as entrepreneurs. And within three months, we were able to hire everyone back and really starting moving from shifting from defense to offense. And December of 2020, we raised, it was not an A round, it was probably a D round of $138 million led by Insight Partners. And that really started a scale-up period for Visible in general for the marketing team specifically. And in the past six months, we have acquired four companies in order to keep innovating and to keep bringing technologies from outside of the events world into the events world in order to really rethink and reinvent the event experience moving forward. It's so exciting. I mean, the event space is just so critical in demand. It's so critical, not just from your big user conference, but all of your field marketing events, all of your webinars, all those in-person things. It's it's more critical than ever. And it's in flux. It is it is definitely in flux. We'll get into some of the more details, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious, now that you sit where you are after these acquisitions and all that sort of stuff, how should marketers think about events for 2022? That is a great question. I'll say that in general, events have always been the single line item in the CMO's budget. Having said that, it was very difficult to measure and to prove ROI. With the introduction of virtual events, suddenly event marketers were able to get access to a lot of data they were craving for for a very long time. In March 2020, a new era in events started. We call that the temporary virtual era the transition area in which virtual events were the only option. Now, as we get into 2022, a new era is starting. That new era is the hybrid era in which we're really leveraging all of the benefits of virtual events in terms of increased reach, a more data-driven approach, more diversified audience with the comeback of in-person events. And for everyone who was doubting whether in-person events would be back, they are coming back big time 
We are already seeing tech conferences leading the charge and the number of in-person events already planned for 2022 is constantly increasing and they're gonna come back better and stronger. So the future of events is, is hybrid and the future of events is about choice and flexibility and marketers will need to adapt to these new type of experiences. Let's talk about the future of Visibo and the and the current of Visibo. Let's get into our first segment, the trust tree. With the knowledge you've been given, you are now on the inside of what I like to call the circle of trust. What I thought we were in the trust tree with in the nest, are we not? This is where you can go and feel honest and trusted and share those deepest, darkest dimension secrets. Our listeners already know what Visibo does. Who are your customers? Who buys your product? What does that buying committee look like? Visible sells to marketers and event professionals. We sell to, to several types of organizations, from growing technology companies to large enterprises from Amazon, IBM, and, and others. We sell to associations, nonprofits, and everyone who sees the business impact of bringing people together. More specifically, we usually focus on, again, agencies, event professionals, and companies of uh, usually 200 employees and above that really see events as a meaningful marketing strategy. The buying committee usually involves the CMO or VP of events, if one exists, usually at larger organizations. And it touches demand people because events are an amazing channel for demand professionals. It touches brand people, and it even touches internal teams such as HR, because a very popular use case is also internal events, specifically in a hybrid world in which the future of work has been disrupted as well. And so usually, is that person a CMO who's signing the dotted line? Do they have a head of events? What are the different size organizations, and how do they buy the product and use the product? Usually in uh, organizations of up to around 500 people, you will see the CMO signing the contract to purchase a piece of event software. We are a very critical tool to the success of those events. So anyone who is counting on events as a major piece in the strategy to, to hit your goals, you're going to really lean on us to do that. So it does involve the CMO. In organizations of 500 employees and above, you're going to see some more specialized roles and VP of demand gen, VP of events, and oftentimes uh, VP of corporate communications are the people who are actually leading events. So it is pretty diverse as you, as you go up market. And how do you structure your marketing team to go about acquiring those accounts? So Visible's marketing team is divided into four teams. First one is demand gen revenue marketing that owns everything from partner marketing, digital marketing, ABM. In addition, we have the brand and communications team that is owning everything related to content marketing, social media, our brand as a whole, category creation. We then have product marketing team that is a very, very strong team overseeing all of the classic product marketing responsibilities. And our fourth theme is actually our own events team that serves two main objectives. One, to run our own events and to lead by example and to drink our own champagne, eat your own dog food, however you like to, to phrase that one. 
And two, they also serve as a center of excellence, internal and external, that really supports the demand gen organization. And it is also just a 10x factor for everyone who is interacting with Visible. And that allows us to constantly share best practices and really help marketers and event professionals be better at what they do. And then how would you describe your marketing strategy? I guess in, in one sentence, our marketing strategy is to have happy customers. In my role, I lead two very important teams that sometimes I'm surprised it is not obvious for people, the amazing interaction between the two. So I lead our marketing organization and our customer organization. And I strongly believe that the best marketing in the world is just happy customers. And if you're able to really influence customers being happy, it means that you work in marketing every day. Specifically today, in which customers have more power than before, in which the buyer journey involves way more, is leaning way more about what customers say and think than what your demand gen team is writing on our blog or on our white papers. It means we need to really lean on customers to drive marketing, word of mouth, etc. In addition, as we sell to marketers, it is very clear that we need to take on a very value-driven approach. We are really highlighting and celebrating the success of our customers. Event organizers are the behind-the-scene heroes that oftentimes are not being recognized, are not being celebrated. It is one of the top five most stressful jobs in the world, alongside with a New York uh, city police officer, an airline pilot, and so on. And our strategy is to really highlight those stories and to help them become better at what they do. That really allowed us to be very successful at the time of crisis and throughout the pandemic by constantly adding value and allowing them, one, to stay relevant, and two, just really learn a whole new industry, a whole new domain. So. We are very focused on uh, just making them better, leading with research, thought leadership, celebrating their profession, and celebrating the value of events as a marketing channel. You and I were chatting before this as someone who has founded and, and ran an event, uh, truly the most stressful times. My wife would tell you that, that the most stressful time in, in our life was when I was running this event. And it's just a different, it's a different beast. A thousand things go wrong. We actually did a great couple episodes here recently with the folks that were some of the very first people to really make Dreamforce what it is today. Events are really hard and every marketer knows the pain and every single marketer knows that their CEO, their entire board, all their customers, potentially if it's if it's a huge event, are going to be there. If it's a smaller event, they know that their entire sales team at different stages in the funnel are going to be there, are going to be excited, they're going to be engaged. As we know as marketers, our two customers are, are our customers and also our sales team. So events are just so critical. And when they're done well, everybody's like, oh, this is pretty good. And when they're done poorly, it is absolutely catastrophic. Events are usually a career-defining moment for those who organize them. It can make your career and vice versa. And they really lean on us, which means that we have a very big responsibility to, to do right by them. It's a very big moment of truth for an event marketer when they open registration, when they go live, when the, 
keynote is is starting and that has a, a lot of implications in terms of the relationship we we have with them and events are amazing as as, as you said because think about all of those big moments when apple exposed their iphone when when people launch categories like these are always major milestones that are taking place at events so there's nothing more powerful in my mind for marketers than the power of events and that is why when the pandemic started one thing that marketers had to stay relevant to reach their community to develop pipeline and they all lean on events just with a new format okay so let's get to our next segment the playbook this is what's great about sports this is what the greatest thing about sports is you play to win the game hello you play to win the game this is where you open up that playbook and talk about the tactics that help you win can you give us three channels or tactics that are your uncuttable budget items? Sure. Three channels that I would not compromise on as visible CMO. One would be events. We sell the value of events. We sell to marketers. We must organize events. When I look at our own marketing trajectory, events were some of our own most defining and successful moments as a team. In May 2020, where the future of the profession was not clear, so many event organizers really lost their jobs and people did not know how to, how to continue, we ran our first ever virtual event ourselves. We call that almost in person. No one knew that at the time it was really not almost. We would probably had to wait another year for it being almost, but we, we named it almost in person and that allowed us to lead by example and we brought together 6,000 event leaders and really show them the way. And we're able to really create a lot of positivity. We initiated a lot of ideas and we then heard stories of people thanking us for keeping their jobs because they were able to go back to their boss and say, we saw how it can be done. Give us a chance. Let's try a virtual event ourselves. And that was a defining moment that really rallied the whole company together and changed the trajectory of our pipeline as well. Yeah, and I'm curious, like, how do you think about innovating in events? What are some of the things that you've done at your event that have been pushing the boundaries? One theme that we are constantly talking about, we even rebranded and really announced a new category just a few months ago. The whole category of event software was named event management software for almost 20 years, since the early 2000s. When you think about the future, the future is really not about event management software anymore. It is really about event experiences. People can consume content anywhere. People can get a Netflix-like experience in terms of on-demand almost anywhere. So those who want to stay relevant, we need to evolve their offering to be focused on experiences. The attendee experience, the sponsor experience, the speaker experience, the organizer experience. So the future is really about experiences. And this is what we have been experiencing as well. And this is what we have been demonstrating to provide this immersive experience in which people feel connected. They are really transforming from attendees to participants. You really need a lot of technology in order to do that. But it is not just about technology. It's a mindset that... The days of you coming or attending an event, listening to content and leaving. So the pyramid of needs have changed. Historically, attendees attended events for the content, for the just overall networking, and then for the experience. And today it was flipped. People will attend because of the experience, then because of the networking, and then because of the content. Totally agree. 
obviously we think about this all the time as Caspian as we're as we're creating content, but it bears repeating because I think for so much of the way that we thought about events in the past was how do we deliver the content to this number of people. And I think what's so interesting as you're talking about this, for me, who headlines the concert, I should say, they're literally concerts sometimes, but who headlines the the concert versus who headlines the event are, are is, is almost more important, right? Like, oh, there's a band attached to this that I could go see. That's pretty cool. Whereas, hey, I could go see a name a person. Oh, Michelle Obama is going to be there and she's going to speak. Yeah, that's crazy. But you can just watch that on replay. I mean, that that's kind of how we view this now is like, if I'm there in person and I'm seeing it, I'll be there for that for that keynote because people are still excited about seeing live keynotes and things like that. But for the vast majority of people, they know that they if they can catch that stuff on replay, they will. But like you said, they're there for the experience. They're there for the networking. I totally agree. And several of our acquisitions were really experience focused. And I'll give you an example. You, I'm sure, spoke at events, at virtual events, in which there's a live audience, hundreds of people, thousands of people are watching, and you do not have a clue. You're speaking to a black box, and you really do not know, are they happy? Are they not happy? That notion of a crowd and the crowd noise, in a way, and, and you seeing their faces and their wows and boos and, and so on was so missing. So we decided to do something about it. And in a way, we acquired a company called Whalebone to humanize virtual events. So now we enable very cool things. Like if you're an attendee, you can actually clap, like clap or click the space bar to, to clap. And as a speaker, you suddenly hear clapping noise. And then you're going to hear people laughing so that that feeling, that experience will be there, even if you're not attending in person. In addition, you talked about concerts. We just announced the acquisition of a company called Click that is using technology that is very similar to the tech that is being used in Coldplay concerts, in which you can actually see people lighting up their bracelets or lighting up or their name badges will light up when they're being triggered by data. So thinking about the experience on site at an event, it is not just the content, it is it is about the activations, it is about how will you make people feel, how will you make the event memorable, and that is what will actually translate into business outcomes and results. So to your question, the future is about experiences, and that is why Visible was also coined recently as um, the event experience operating system, because creating experiences is actually very, very difficult. Yeah. And then can you talk a little bit about how this hooks into the rest of your CRM? Because I think that one of the things that that is challenging for events is, hey, they sign up for an event, they get an email address, and then that's it. But so I used Visibo back in like 2000 and I think 13 or 14. Early adopter. 2015. It was. I used it back in 2015 for an event here locally that was in San Francisco. And so I remember being on the platform way, way a long time ago. It's one of the reasons we're excited to do this interview. But it was the early days and the early beginnings of, oh, you know, this app can actually help you figure out where to go, what to do for an event. And what I was so curious about at the time was on the sponsor side. How does this shape what sponsors can do to not only know who's going where, but also like interact with them in a in a value added way versus the old way, which is all right, sales, here's the list of email addresses, here's the leads, go get them. Sure. So exciting that you were an early user at the time where Visible evolved from a mobile app to a platform. 
To your question, data is becoming a key success factor in events in order for you to actually prove value, demonstrate ROI to your CMO or to your sales organization, etc. The data that is captured today is 10 times more valuable than the data that we were able to capture even just two years ago because of the virtual transformation. Now, the possibilities around sponsorships are massive. Sponsorships at events is going through transformation on its own to a more data-driven opportunity. Sponsors can now understand not only impressions and brand exposure, but also get immediate access to leads to then modify and personalize their reach out. So it is not just a spreadsheet that is being done with a real-time, powerful, flexible integrations with all of their CRMs and marketing automation platforms so that the event is not just a spreadsheet that is being followed up on after a week, but real-time automated campaign that really provides a personalized experience. I'd like to say that the event of tomorrow should really feel like the Netflix experience, although it can be an event for 5,000 people, but it should actually be 5,000 different experiences. And that can only be done with an extremely tight integration between the event software and the marketing automation software. And those who do that right are really creating very, very unique um, journeys to their audience. You know, I was thinking back to those days. Now I got to figure out what event that was. Gosh, that was years ago. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, it's one of the things that that I think I've talked about before is like the ev- marketing is meant to be remarkable. And therefore, events are things where you can remember where you were, what you were doing, the place and time. There's so many intended consequences. You learn, you you network, you meet people. There's also unintended consequences, like you meet your next co-founder, you meet your spouse, all sorts of different things. You there's there's many things that that events that allow that stuff to be memorable and are so important as a snapshot in time to to not only do business but to get out of the office out from behind a computer screen i'm curious with hybrid events and figuring out ways to do this how do you view making those in person experiences so so relevant and 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 interesting and memorable yeah so those um moments or defining moments at events are really critical to their success, exactly because of those experiences you are you are describing. We view those moments in, in several ways. One, there are those planned moments or planned meetings, and this is our responsibility to make it very easy to schedule a meeting with someone and to just achieve your goals. Oftentimes, people have very, very unique goals. I need to meet 10 people from a certain title or company, we need to make it very easy to schedule a time. In addition, there are those what we call hallway moments in which we want to help you stumble upon randomly, but the relevant people, because there's nothing more frustrating than you starting to speak with someone for hours that was very not relevant after you spend a lot of valuable time um, in attending an event. So the unique thing is about actually um, creating a random opportunity that is not too random and having you bump into people. And in a way, that moment was engineered in the background to make the most out of your time. So we do that with what we call the event serendipity engine. This is based on the x.ai acquisition that really allows on one hand to plan your time with scheduled meetings that can bridge time zones and so on and so on, get into your calendar, like a Calendly type functionality. 
And in addition, the event serendipity engine is that AI engine that really recommends you with the right people, the right sessions, and with the right sponsors to meet. And it will also surface them to you. And when you connect that to the click acquisition, think about also the in-person experience. You and I can walk into one another and we have those name badges that can light up. And just based on data, based on us having shared interests, both of our badges can turn green and the app would recommend us to speak because we were both attending an event in 2015. So just coming up with a, with a use case just to help imagine some of the things that can be done with the help of data moving forward. I didn't know that you bought X.AI. That's funny. I was a beta tester for X.AI probably around the same time back in like 2015. That's so, funny. So, so we did, and it's an amazing team. Yeah, seriously. Ama- what an amazing product. Okay, so two more channels or tactics. Where, where are you spending your money? What is uncuttable budget items outside of events uh, for Bizbo? Two, um, is it building a content machine? Since the early days of Visible, we've always prioritized inbound marketing and, and, and content. I was one of the HubSpot's early users, kind of like follow the inbound marketing playbook. I would definitely not change constant content writing for the world. And the third one, probably not, not the channel, but the skill in such a dynamic world in which the MarTech environment is becoming so complex marketing operations is something that i would always prioritize to make sure that we can get access to our data that leads are being routed to the right place and that we can actually get a a hold of the entire tech stack before it owns you so marketing operations content events are the three things that would not get out of my budget in any marketing function moving forward yeah, I'm curious, how do you view content? Because as an events platform, you talked about how that event experience is the most important thing, whereas content is is now this on-demand engine that obviously in, in any in any place that you're marketing, if you're trying to provide value and create helpful resources for your prospects and, and customers, you want to be creating content. Is there some different way that you view content? Yeah, the content is really around the buyer journey to really provide as much value as possible and to meet them where they want to be met. So it can be in our in-person podcast that really targets VPs and um, event executives. It can be our blog that is really accessible to everyone. It can be more in-depth research and reports that take a more scientific approach to educate our broader audience around different topics. So content mainly to build our brand as a thought leader mainly to have us be perceived by our customers as just a thought partner and a strategic partner that is way above just us providing a platform or product. And in the days of, of course, SEO, relationship building with the buyer, the fact that buyers probably take 70% of their decision before they even speak to us. So us being there, where they're looking for us, is a strategy that has been working for us pretty well. How do you view your website? Website, in a way, is a storefront to everything visible. It's the storefront for candidates who are thinking about working for us. It's a storefront for buyers. It's a storefront for customers who want to refresh their mind about the value we, we offer. 
And it is about converting all of those different audiences into customers, candidates, and so on. So it is where we share our story. It is where we share what we believe in. It is where we share what do we offer to the world. It is a very, very important asset that we give a lot of importance to. I have a question about event websites. So where should people put their event website? Should this be a microsite? Should it be off their main site? And where should they store the rest of this content for the rest of the year? How should people think about the event both pre, during, and post? It is a great question. It really depends on the type of the event and your event objectives. If this is a very industry-focused event, I would recommend building a standalone micro website that can constantly be refreshed when new events are coming live. The event lifespan is constantly increasing to provide year-round value. Now with access to on-demand and content and so on, that provides like a very, very meaningful opportunity. And you're going to see event formats really changing and the number of events are really changing as well. I'll give you like a nice metaphor. Like up until a couple of years ago, when you ran an annual conference, you saw people watching a, a sign at the end, like when you wish them goodbye, see you next year. Those signs should be forbidden anymore. Like no one will have those signs. It is not about seeing you. It is about seeing you next week when we yeah. run a webinar or a small event. So the whole concept of an annual event and counting on you to attend again does not have room anymore. This is about having a 365-day-a-year community that is being activated through different types of events. And it only makes sense, unless it's a very user-centric or user-conference type event, to have its own dedicated place for the community to come together and be activated in the form of events. Okay, let's get to our next segment, the dust-up. Uh-oh, here comes trouble. You may have heard that there was a dust-up involving yours truly. And now we've got a wild scrum with fights breaking out all over the place. And it is getting really ugly as we've got punches and kicks. This is where we talk about healthy tension, whether that's with your board, your sales team, your competitors, or anyone else. Have you had a memorable dust-up in your career? I, I guess the, I guess a good dust-up was our... Again, that moment in March 2020, that it was uh, between March 6th and March 10th, we got tons of emails from our customers trying to cancel and get refunds. And you really started to feel as if everyone is burying us and feel sorry for us for losing our business. And that was really a time in which we had to go back to startup days, reinvent ourselves and go to battle in a way to save the company and to do right by our employees and by our customers. And we had to really dare and really focus on our customers to think what would be the most valuable thing we can do to save them. If we do that right, it will save us as well. And we had to go against many people who, one, did not believe it can be done within a few weeks. And Two, who thought that a company that was focused on in-person events cannot do the shift to video, to virtual, and so on. And I think us being focused on the customers, us understanding that you need to go back to a scrappy startup mode in order to operate very fast, and we were able to operate oftentimes six months faster than the competition, allowed us to, allowed us to come up on top and to have an amazing year. And 
I hope it answers your question, but that is the first memory that comes to mind when I think about Dust Up because it really felt we were in a pretty dusty place in March yeah. of 2020. Yeah, indeed. Do you have one thing that you've invested in the past that maybe you're not going to be using or is not working or fading away or something like that? We haven't done that. We haven't done that in many, many years. But at some point, we try to outsource outbound cold calls. I think that whole thing will just evaporate from the world. I, I get so annoyed when I get 10 calls a day from unknown calls, etc. So outbound or not outbound, cold calling without any context, I do not see the ROI on that one. I never believed in it. And although we experienced with it, I really don't see a lot of validity to cold calling in the future, specifically today when there are so many ways to engage buyers. So that that would be my answer. Couldn't agree more. I totally agree. All right, let's get into our final segment here. Quick hits. These are quick questions and quick answers. Just like how quickly you can chat with someone using conversational marketing with qualified Qualified prospects are on your website right now, and you can talk to them quickly with Qualified. Go to qualified.com to learn more. They're the best. They are the original and just amazing partner of Caspian. We love them so much. Go to qualified.com to learn more. Conversational marketing, it's where it's at. Quick and easy, just like these questions. Alon, are you ready? Born ready. All right, number one. What is a hidden talent or skill that's not on your resume? I was in the special forces, so I'm pretty good with dealing with uncertainty. What is your favorite book, podcast, TV show, or something that you've recently checked out? Favorite book is by Ben Horowitz, The Hard Things About the Hard Things When There Are No Easy Answers. Probably many entrepreneurs say that, but it's a book that I really resonate with um, so much, and it it was just... um, Super amazing to read. Amazing book. Service movie is uh, Forrest Gump. Love Hard Thing About Hard Things. It's amazing. Favorite non-marketing hobby that sort of maybe kind of indirectly makes you a better marketer? Scuba diving. When you go underwater, no slack, no notifications. Just you in the ocean. It really allows time to think and be super creative. I love that. What advice would you give to a first-time CMO who's trying to figure out their demand gen strategy? Hire full-stack marketers, meaning people who can actually do a lot, who can learn, who can dare, who can feel comfortable when it's not comfortable. At the beginning, you need uh, builders and you need people who know how to experiment. And to experiment, you need them to be all-arounders. So full stack marketers what is your dog's name my dog name is v and she is actually sleeping right behind me over there (laughs) taking the day off no work for her today she has been our first visible where she's 10 years old and she has been going to every visible office in several continents actually so definitely a mascot i love it Well, one other thing before we get out of here, you are hiring, including a role in demand gen. So tell us a little bit about that. We are hiring for almost every position in marketing, several positions in demand generation, including a VP of demand generation. We are hiring for the best of the best. More specifically, we have 
open positions in partner marketing, customer marketing, ABM, campaign management, digital marketing, so almost any role you can think of related to demand gen or marketing in general. So if you want to join a top performing team that is really disrupting an industry, let's get in touch. Alon, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for joining. We really appreciate it. And we'll be following along, huge fans of Visibo, and we're excited to see where the future takes you. And I'm sure all of our listeners are excited to check out. You can go to bizbo.com to learn more. Obviously, events are a key part of all of our budgets here in 2022. So, Alon, thanks again. Thank you, Ian. And thank you, the DemandGent community, for inviting me. Take care. DemandGent Visionaries is brought to you by our friends at Qualified.com, a conversational marketing company that's on a mission to transform the way B2B companies sell. Go to qualified.com to learn more.